Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. good to have you uh, here today. I, I just kept looking back and the kids just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. We love kids at Hope Elam. Amen? We love kids at Hope Elam. We, we love families uh, at Hope Elam. Because of that, we, we focus a lot on uh, training a child up in the way that they should go. And we, we know that that a lot comes from home, uh, but we try to come alongside you the best that we can as a church. So praise God for our awesome uh, preschool directors and teachers, Hope Elam Kids leaders. Let's give God praise for our staff and our leaders doing an awesome job. Well, again, we are so glad that you're here this morning. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name's John, one of the pastors here, and uh, it's an honor to share God's word with you here this morning. We love kids at Hope Elam. Kids are a big deal at Hope Elam. Why? Because they're a big deal to God. Amen? We love kids. We love families. And because of that, if you're here today, and if it is your first time here, you're kind of checking things out here at Hope Elam, you picked a great time to come, especially if you've got young kiddos. As was mentioned, uh, next weekend, Parenting on Purpose is going to be great. Hope Elam Kids Wednesdays just kicked off. We have a partnership with Single Parent Provision that is on Wednesday nights during our, our community night as well. God is moving in so many different ways, and we want to encourage you to get connected as a parent. How can we come alongside of you in the spirit development of your children. We love to have a ton of fun with kids at Hope Elam, both Hope Elam kids and our preschool. We love to have a ton of fun. We want this to be a safe place, both physically and spiritually for your kids. And last but not least, most importantly, everything that we do at Hope Elam for kids and families is laser focused on sharing the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why we are here. That's why we do what we do. All right. So we're so glad that you're here. We love families. Our family uh, feels so loved by you. We've been away for a couple weeks uh, taking some much-needed rest uh, and relaxation, a Sabbath kind of taking to heart what Bonnie shared about last week. And uh, believe it or not, pastors are real people too. And we get tired. And we need to take naps, especially on Sunday afternoons. And we need to rest. And my most important ministry is my marriage and my family. And so I want to make sure that I'm investing in them. I can't stand on this stage and say, hey, we need to rest. And we remember the Sabbath, and I'm just burning the candle at both ends. And so we took some time away to be still, uh, to, to be, give our kids the gift of our undivided attention. Mom and dad. You're going to give your kids a lot of gifts in their lifetime. Probably the best gift that you can give them is a relationship with God. And number two, just might be your undivided attention. Where you're not splitting your attention between them and your phone and scrolling, but undivided attention. The full, we were on vacation, and there were some days where we literally did nothing. Our kids are used to being so busy and go, 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 and school and activities. And parents, you know what it's like to be a, a full-time Uber driver slash parent, and that's all you do, and life is busy, and you're on the treadmill and go, go, go. There was a couple days on vacation where our kids looked at us and said, well, what are we going to do now? And Tiffany and I looked at you, and we go, nothing. <laughs> well, what's the plan for today? Where are we going to go? Nowhere. 
We're not doing any. Well, what if we get bored? And we looked at each other and said, good. You should get bored more often because out of boredom comes creativity. Out of boredom comes imagination. And out of rest comes replenishment from the Lord. Amen? So that's what we did. Uh, It was good to be away. It is so good to come back. And I tell you what, last weekend we stepped into a church that is on fire. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. This church is on fire right now for Jesus Christ. And God is moving in so many different ways. And it's because of you. Alpha's on fire on Tuesday nights, community night on Wednesday night. The, the commons was just hopping with excitement. Folks, over 600 meals went out to feed our community last Wednesday night. Praise God for that. That is awesome. Men's ministry, women's ministry, small groups. We had a worship night last Wednesday. There's all these things for youth and family, literally something for everybody. God is on the move, and I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to continue our sermon series that we've been in. If it's your first time, welcome. If you've been here, you know we've been in this series called Ten Commandments in Nine Weeks. Some of you are like, well, wait a minute, that's not possible. How are you going to do that? We'll combine a couple towards the end. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get through all of them. But we've been talking about the Ten Commandments, and our hope and our prayer is, is if you remember nothing else about this series, that maybe some of you grew up and you went through confirmation or you went through uh, some program at your church and you were forced to learn the creeds and the Lord's Prayer and the Ten Commandments. Oh, it's this heavy burden that God puts on us. Absolutely not. Nothing could be further from the truth. More than anything, this is, this is from relationship with God. There's two things that the commands are rooted in. Number one, the commandments, if you go to the next slide, there we go, they are rooted in story. Everybody say story. The Ten Commandments are also rooted in relationship. Everybody say relationship. The Ten Commandments are not some list of rules that God gives us to weigh us down or be burdensome. They are rooted in story. First of all, that God rescues his people out of bondage in in, in Egypt. And on their way to the promised land, he says, you are going to be different than everybody else around you. You are going to live the good life. You're going to live a different kind of life in relationship with me. And in order to do that, I'm going to put some guardrails up. I'm going to put some boundaries up in your life. Believe it or not, not all rules are bad. Rules are intended for your good. And so I'm going to show you this new way to live. And secondly, they're rooted in relationship. God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. I'm giving you these boundaries, these laws, these commands not to weigh you down so that you can have an abundant life. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, I, I, I don't know what your church experience has been. I don't know what your experience has been with Christianity, but hear this. This is the invitation from your God today. This is the invitation from your Savior. Jesus says to you this morning, he looks you in the eyes, regardless of what your past has been with the church or with Christianity, he says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. That is the offer, that is the invitation of Jesus Christ for you today. Life and life abundantly. Not always easy. Following Jesus doesn't make life easier. Following Jesus makes life worth living. Amen? It is the purpose of our lives. And I pray that you would discover that this morning. The Ten Commandments are rooted in story and they're rooted in relationship. Jesus says, I want you to have an abundant life. That's why the Ten Commandments exist. And that is certainly true of our command today. Commandment number four. Everybody say number four. Commandment number four. In God's top ten list, one, two, three, and now we're at four. Let's read it nice and loud together, whether you're online or in the room. Let's read it together. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. Then you will live a long, full life in the land your Lord your God is giving you. 
So the first thing that we learn about this command that's a little different than the others is this is the one, only one that comes with a promise. It's like you're watching an infomercial or you buy a car. It's a lifetime satisfaction guarantee, right? Or your money back, okay? This one comes with a promise. You will experience that long, full, abundant life. You want to live longer? Have really good family relationships. It's good, it's good for your mind. It's good for your heart. It's good for your body. All those things. This one comes with a promise. But right after that, I guarantee that when we read that, or you heard that read in the scripture by Brandon earlier, some of you went, wah, wah. I'm out. I mean, let's get to the real commands, Pastor John. Let's talk about don't kill and, and, and don't steal and don't commit adultery. I mean, let, those are the real commands. Honor your father and mother. Psh, I'm checking out of this one. And you want to know why? Because that command comes with some baggage for some of you. For some of you, maybe, maybe you're here with your mom and dad or your kids or, or, or somewhere else and, and Hope Elam kids. Whatever that may be, for some of you, your parents aren't around anymore. For some of you, though, there is tension in that relationship. For some of you, there is a, a, di- there's a brokenness there. There's a, there's a disconnect there. Sadly, for some of you, when you think about your mom and dad, there's hurt there. Can we just acknowledge that this morning? There's pain And for some of you, whether it was a long time ago or just recently, you've lost your parents. They're not around anymore. And so when you hear a command like that, you're like, all right, I'm checking out of this one. You do your sermon, preacher boy, and I'll come back next week for ones that actually apply to me. Before you do that, I'd ask you to check your heart. Number one, in a church like this, I love how diverse we are. All the differences that exist in this room, the one thing that we all have in common this morning is we have parents. We have parents, (laughs) not not just earthly parents, but we have a heavenly father that wants to restore that image of God, of of, of God as father, as mother. We all have parents. So before you check out, I want to encourage you to to not check out this morning and write this off as ancient or out of date or it doesn't apply to me because of my family situation. I want to give you some reasons. Let's go 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 to the next slide. Why we can't avoid it. I don't know about you, but you ever get to a spot when you're reading the Bible, which I hope that you are on your own time, and you're like, ooh, that one hurts a little bit. That that makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I'm feeling a little bit of conviction when I read, but I'm just going to skip over. Let's get to John 3.16, right? Let's get to I can do all things through Christ. Let's get to for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. For God so loved. Let's get on to the puppies and rainbows of Scripture. I don't want to deal with that. God, why are you making me feel so uncomfortable? Because that's what the Bible does. And if you haven't read the Bible recently and felt a little bit of conviction or really uncomfortable, you may not be reading the Bible correctly. Amen? Oftentimes it's the parts of the Bible that make us feel the most uncomfortable that God is calling us to camp out in for a while. So ask God, what what are you trying to show me there? So why why can't we avoid it? Number one, it's on the list. (laughs) We can't just hop over and go to three to five. It is supported throughout Scripture. King Solomon, one of the wisest people to ever live, talks about it in Proverbs. You just heard it read, Paul's letter to the Ephesians in our scripture reading today. Here's here's the zinger. Jesus modeled this. Jesus honored his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, and also his heavenly father, God the Father as well. So if Jesus does it, well, we don't really have an excuse either. And last but not least, this one's kind of Captain Obvious, but I thought I would put it on there. God knew there would be broken families. God was not getting ready to, you know, download it from the cloud. And when I say the cloud, I don't mean like the cloud that you 
your computer files too. Like God in the cloud to Moses has the tablets. He's like, Moses, here's the Ten Commandments. But number four, that whole honor your mom and dad thing, just if that works, great. But if moms and dads are kind of messed up, then we can just skip it. God didn't say that, right? God knew when he gave the command that there would be broken families, but he gave it anyway. That's why we can't avoid this command. So of all the commands, Pastor Brian talked about this a couple weeks ago, over 600 laws, over 600 commands in the Old Testament gets boiled down. God says, this is my top 10. Why would honor your mother and father be on that top 10 list, right? I want to walk through some reasons. Number one, earthly families are meant to be a picture of our relationship with God. Every relationship that you have on this earth is not really about that relationship, but God designed these relationships, marriage relationships, parent-child relationships, friendships, to point to something bigger. For those of you that are married that are here today, do you know that your marriage is not about you? Ultimately, it is about you, but deeper than that, I, yesterday, on this stage, I had the honor of officiating a wedding, and I looked at the couple, and I said, thank you for being the reason that we're here today, but there's something much bigger going on here, right? Because God had this crazy idea, is that he lived, and he died, and he rose again, and he calls all of us, he died for us, and he calls those of us that he loves and died for his bride. And so when you look at the love between a man and a woman, that earthly relationship, it's pointing to something bigger, that maybe, just maybe, when you look at a married couple that is following Jesus, that image of a bride and a bridegroom coming together, that the love that they have is just a glimpse, just a fraction of the love that God has for every single one of you today. That's why God brought you together, so that people would look at your marriage and say, I want a relationship with God like that. That you would give glory to God in all you do. Could it be that that is the same with a parent-child relationship? That God set this up in a way that as we learn to honor and respect our parents, whatever our family situation, that we would actually be learning what it's like to relate to God. Some of you are like, 20-second timeout right there, John. Just stop the train right there, okay? I can't do that because I don't respect my parents. I don't, I don't want to honor <laughs> My parents. Let me just say this. We're going to get to some of this later, but what we've done is that unintentionally we have placed our image of an earthly mother or father, and what we do is kind of subconsciously say, well, that's what God's like. My dad was passive. My dad, my, my mom was abusive, was manipulative, was silent, was angry. Well, God the Father must be, because all parents are like that. No, they're not. You have a good and perfect and faithful and true Father in heaven that wants to restore the image of parent for you today. If you will open up your heart and let him do that, he wants to seek and save which was lost. And that includes your image of mother and father today. So more on that later, but God has this in there for a reason. It's a picture of our relationship with God. Number two, every parent is flawed. Just a show of hands, any perfect parents out there? I just wanted to check if you wanted to teach the parenting class next week. Anybody got it figured out? Okay. God put this in there because he knew there has never been and there will never be a perfect parent, the one speaking to you included, which is why the command, uh, Captain Obvious again, honor your mother and father. It doesn't say like your mother and father. 
It doesn't say agree with your mother and father all the time, right? They might hurt you. You might disagree. It doesn't say don't have any boundaries and get, and get, get walked over by your mother and father. It says honor because the truth is I can honor somebody even if I disagree with them. Wow, how much different would our culture be if we took that to heart, right? How much different would your Facebook feed look like, right? I completely disagree with you, but I'm going to treat you as somebody that is made in the image of God. What if we learned how to honor people that had actually hurt us? Ooh, ooh, now don't go there. That's, that's too much, right? I'd rather lash out in anger and just let them have it, right? Eye for an eye. That's not what Scripture says. Think how much our culture would change. Some of you are like, John, that's very, you, you don't know. This is a cute sermon, but you don't know my parental situation. You don't know how much I've been hurt. This is really, really hard. I know you can't follow any of these commands on your own strength. I can't. This is why we need Jesus. Jesus shows up on the scene and says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. I came to give you a new heart and put my spirit, my presence inside of you, which gives you the strength to live out these commands. Amen? We need Jesus as a church. We need Jesus as followers, right? We can't do it on our own. So every parent's flawed, right? So what does it mean to honor then if we're called to not always agree with or always like our parents and, and agree with them and everything, what does honor mean? We go back to the original language that the Old Testament was written in, and it's the King James Version, right? That was a joke, by the way. Okay. It was not. Sorry to bust your bubble on that. It's in Hebrew, okay? Everybody say kavod. Some of you are like, what am I doing? Say it like you mean it. Say kavod. With a little hook in there. That's Hebrew, okay? Kavod. It's the weight and glory. It's to assign someone or something weight, value, and glory. That's the same word that's used for the presence or the kavod of God. The weight, the glory of God that we experience when we gather together in worship. In the Greek, in which most of the New Testament was written, it's timi. Everybody say timi. Timi. It's kind of fun to say, right? Similar to assign worth or value, but this one's a little different. The Greek language has some nuances, and in that culture, in that, in that language, it is, the, it is also the sum, the totality of someone who has an honorable life. And so you might think, well, that makes sense. I find it very easy to honor people that are living honorable lives, but here's the reality. God has also called us to honor those who are not so honorable. <laughs> and here's the deal. What if my treatment of other people was not based on their choices, but on their creator? That when I talk to somebody in person, when I am debating somebody online, when I am talking to somebody that's going to vote completely different here in a few weeks, I'm not looking at them as a political opponent or as an enemy. I'm looking at them as a child of God, made in the image of God. I am assigning them, I'm honoring them, I'm assigning them value and worth. You're like, well, that's not the way the world is. I know, you're not called to live the way the rest of the world is. That's the point of the Ten Commandments. God says, I want you to have a new identity. You are my people, and so you live differently. Assign them honor. We, they're a person made in the image of God. So why do we honor our mother and father? Number three, again, Captain Obvious, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them, right? Right? 
You, we would not be here. We would not be alive without our parents. There is something unique about their DNA coming together that has made you who you are. Good, bad, or indifferent of how you feel about that, this is a part of your story. They are a part of your story. And so we honor them for that. Has anybody seen the, I think it's the progressive commercials, like the don't become your parents, like homeowners? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm not going crazy, okay? I just bust out loud laughing at those commercials. I think they're hilarious. You want to know why? Because they're true, right? Anybody looked at your spouse recently and said, you are becoming your mother. You are becoming your father, right? Every night I go around our house and I like triple check that all the doors are locked, turn on our alarm, make sure that the stove is off. And my wife is just standing there, first couple years of marriage, like, what are you doing? And then we went and visited my parents the first couple times. And what is my dad doing before bed? Triple checking the lots, doing all, making sure the oven's off. She's like, okay, Stefan, here we go, right? It's already happening. We become our parents, right? And we laugh because it's true, they are responsible for who we are. So when we, we honor God when we honor the parents who created us. And the image of God that is inside them. And last but not least, why this command, number four? Because healthy relationships all have honor. Honor is essential to all healthy relationships. Think about that. The definition that we found of honor in scripture, to assign value, to assign worth. Who doesn't want that? That's the essential to every single relationship in our lives. I want to be a part of a church. I want to be a part of a small group. I want to be a part of a workplace. I want to be a part of a family where we're constantly lifting each other up instead of tearing each other down. Where we're speaking life over our spouse. We're speaking words of blessing over our children. We're speaking words of truth into our coworkers and our friend and that other parent at the soccer game. I want to live that kind of life. Maybe this is bigger. Maybe honor is bigger than just a command about our parents. It's bigger than parenting. Mentioned earlier that on our family vacation we spent some time at some theme parks. And so I have a special affection for uh, Disney Park these days, and I, I came across this video that has gone viral on TikTok, and a news uh, cable station picked it up in the Los Angeles area, uh, where Disneyland is, and I'm not going to tell you the story, I'll let the anchors tell the story, but I cannot help but watch this video and think, what an example of assigning honor, even to somebody that you've never met. Take a look. How cool is that, huh? Praise God. So cool. Here's the point. The point is not that they went to Disneyland. They could have gone anywhere. They could have just gone for a walk. The point is not how much money maybe that cost that guy, right? The point is, is that he took the time to see someone, to notice them. No questions asked. The fact that maybe not for him, I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but to see somebody and say, you are made in the image of God. And regardless of the differences that we have, the color of my skin, my church background, my political background, where I live or what car I drive, you are worthy of honor. You are worthy of being celebrated. You are worthy of being known and seen for who you are. What if, what if that was the norm? What if it wasn't just, a, oh, that's a cute TikTok video, that's for him. No, it's for us. What if we didn't get so lost in following a, oh, this is, it's a command, it's a burdensome command from the Lord. No, 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 no. What would it look like if we started to develop a culture of honor at Hope Elam? 
One of the many things that Hope Elam was known, oh, they're the big church on the corner by Drake. Oh, they're that big church building. Oh, they got all these people. Oh, they got all these programs. Oh, they're the church that honors people. They're the church that loves people. And that every single time that you walk in those doors, you get a glimpse and a feeling of the way that Mr. Good felt in that moment. I feel seen. I feel known. I belong. There is a place for me here. That is the heartbeat of this church. Whether you are on board with this mission or not, whether you believe in Jesus or not today, you belong. There is a place for you here. We see you. And most importantly, God sees you this morning. There is a place for you here. Amen? You belong. A culture of honor where we see the good in each other. We're speaking words of truth and blessing over each other. We speak the same way behind people's back that we do in front of their back, right? We are honoring each other. We're forgiving each other. We're loving each other. This is what we are called to do. Honor is shown through our words and our actions, but I will tell you this. Honor is born in a transformed heart. You can't do that. You can't love like that. TikTok changed my life. Jesus changed your life, bro. Like, he put that inside of you, right? Honor is born in the heart. This isn't a hypothetical. I got a glimpse of this this last week. Folks, God is on the move in the men of this church. He's on the move in the women of this church, too. I just can't go to their events. So God's on the move. And what I, this past Tuesday, a bunch of guys got together. These are some of our men that have been serving on the, the first Sunday of every month, and they come in their black shirts, and it's, uh, they're not bouncers, they're volunteers. Uh, they're servants, and they love you, and they love to serve. And we got some of these guys together the other night and just had a big old campfire uh, in a fire pit in this guy's backyard. And we were hanging out. I'm like, well, it's going to be a pretty low-key low evening. And, you know, we're, hey, you know, and fist bumping and talking about sports and the weather, grilling some hot dogs and s'mores. And all of a sudden, these guys just start speaking into each other's lives. Like, Guys, feelings, tears. I know, it's a miracle, right? And these guys start looking at each other and opening up their hearts and they're speaking into each other. They're prophesying over each other's lives, saying God has called you to some, so much more. I see things in you that you can't see in yourself. And we were, it was amazing. We were praying for each other. We picked the coldest night of the year so far to do it. And so we really got close to each other. And these guys were standing around in a garage afterwards. And one guy came up to me. He's like, Pastor John, we got to do this again. That was awesome. We, we got to do this again. When's the next fire? And I said, I don't know, but you know what? You can do this every single day. You don't have to wait to come to a church event to follow Jesus. You don't have to wait until you walk inside the four walls of a church building to live differently. You can do this every single day. This is what it means to have a culture of honor. This is who we are. I will tell you this, and I can speak from experience in this. Sometimes the way that God wants to speak into your life and hear God's voice is through other people. One of the ways that we can honor each other is by speaking words of truth over somebody before they can see it in themselves. Amen? Oh, I don't hear God speaking. Are you listening to the people around you that know and are walking with God? Sometimes that's how God wants to download something to you. And when you hear that, don't slough it off. Don't have some sort of false humility. Receive that of what is true of you. This isn't just something for our men. This is something for all of us. Honor is essential to healthy relationships. And because of that, the second part is that needs to be talked about is that God has also called us to be honorable people, to live honorable lives. 
to live lives that make it easy for people to honor us. I didn't say perfect. I said honorable. Paul talks about this in our reading today from the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Let's read this together. Parents, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Let's not make it more difficult for our children of any age to respect us. Our daughter, Evie, has had a hard time sleeping recently, and we go to bed, let's say, at 7.30, and the other night at 9.27, she's come down for the 17th time because it's too hot and it's too cold and it's too bright and it's too dark and apparently she hasn't had a drink of water for seven months and all these things and all these excuses happen parents can I get an amen like right before bed is when the world falls apart apparently and so we're just trying to have some time as a married couple and she's coming down over and over and over and over again and she starts to argue with us because she's seven going on 17 and she is feisty and she is strong and she's a spitfire and she's letting me have and she's like no dad I can't I can't be alone I can't go to bed I have to stay down here I need this I need that and so I just said Everly I'm a pastor honor your father and I didn't say that (laughs) didn't pull out that card because it doesn't work does it moms dads Do you want to know the difference between effective and non-effective parenting is your ability to manage your emotions. And your ability to manage your emotions is doing the hard work underneath the surface. And how you do the hard work underneath the surface is invite Jesus into every area of your life. Don't try harder to be a better parent. Follow Jesus. No, I didn't yell at her in that moment, and I didn't say, do you know what the fourth commandment is, little lady? Get your tushy to bed, right? No, I didn't say that. You know what Tiffany and I did? We sat on the stairs. We're all a little worked up. Blood pressure is rising and we sat on the stairs and I rubbed her back. And for about 15 minutes, I just said, honey, this is really hard for you, isn't it? I know that you're scared. She's thinking about all these things. I said, honey, just tell me what's on your mind. Mom and dad are here for you and we're just going to sit with you right on our messy stairs full of piles of laundry And we're just going to be a safe place for you. (laughs) Do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Yes, rules. Yes, boundaries. (laughs) Yes, parent your children. But do it with love. As you look at your children, they are also made in the image of God. They are not your servants. They are not toys or pawns to use and take your anger and your wrath out on. If you've got stuff you're dealing with, deal with it and don't take it out on them. Do the hard work underneath the surface. And so we just sat there and created a safe place. Sometimes I call my own parents just to talk. What do you need? Nothing from you. I just want to talk because my parents did the same thing for me. And when she's 17 and she's going through some stuff, I want to build that bridge. She may not like me all the time. She's probably not going to when she's 17, right? She may not want to honor me, but I am a safe place where I'm not going to judge her and point the finger of anger at her. And just a word on this. For some of you, you're like, John, I've tried everything and I have this really tense relationship with my kids. They don't respect me at all. For those of you that have a difficult relationship with your kids... Your value and worth as a parent is not defined by the choices that your children have made. Your value and worth as a parent is defined by who you are in Christ. You are a child of God. It's hard. It's really, really hard. 
But this is called differentiation, where you know I have an identity outside of my circumstances. Okay, and that's especially true as a parent. Now, some of you might be saying, okay, I want to do that. I want to build this culture of honor. How do I do that? Well, as we close today, I want to walk you through some easy steps. Four ways to honor your parents. And again, don't check out even if your parents aren't around anymore, even if you have a difficult relationship, no matter what age of kids you have, this is for all of us. There's something in here for all of us. Number one, listening and obeying. I know some of you are like, oh, geez. Can we get my kid from Hope you know, the Kids and bring him down here to hear this right now? Right? It's important. It's important. And certainly this grows and changes over time as you move from having your kids be dependent on you to... Uh, independent, being outside the home, and if they get married someday, they become interdependent in marriage as they leave and cleave to another. But while they are under your house and under your authority, you are called to be their parent. Notice I said parents and I didn't say best friend. Some of you so desperately want to be liked by your children that you're trying to be their best friend and you stopped being their parent. Be their parent. Why? Because they're going to have lots of friends in their life that pull them in a lot of different directions. You are called to guide them. You are called to put the guardrails up. In love, you're called to do that. They may not like you all the time, but here's the thing, mom and dad, you've got to have an identity that's deeper than what your kids think of you. Your identity is rooted in Christ, and that allows you to live out that role. So it's listening and obeying, and, that, and that's different. I remember when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, my parents didn't know anything. Oh, it's so frustrating. They wouldn't let me have any fun. I always disagreed with them. They never saw the world the way that I was supposed to see the world. We disagreed. They just didn't know anything. And then I went to college, and man, they got smart in my 20s. It's just amazing how that happens, right? Maybe they were wise the whole time, and I just wasn't listening. I don't care how difficult the relationship is. They know you. They helped create you. Maybe there's pieces of wisdom in that, listening and obeying. And I will say this, sometimes, most of the time, love means boundaries. And we've forgotten that. We think in order to love my kids, I got to get them every toy, I got to spoil them all the time, and I can't have any boundaries because then they won't like me. Sometimes the most loving thing you can say is no. We tell our kids that a lot. I love you and I care about you too much to let you fill in the blank. It doesn't matter if they like me in that moment, right? They're still called to honor me because of the way that I'm treating them. Now, Scripture is also very clear. If your parents are telling you one thing and Scripture clearly says another thing, always go with God. Always go with God. There are no perfect parents, and sometimes parents are going to go off and do their own thing. You're called to follow God no matter what. How do we honor our parents? Number one, obeying and listening. Number two, appreciating them. No matter how difficult that relationship is, are there a couple things that you can think of that you're grateful for? I would encourage you to do that. If you don't like your parents at all, could you just sit down and make a list of a few things that you're grateful for? It'll be good for your soul. It'll be good for your heart. And then do those things. Tell them that. Write the letter. Send the email. Don't text them. Call your parents. They're your parents. Write a letter. Whatever it is. Have the crucial conversation. Make a visit. Whatever that is. Appreciate them. Celebrate them. 
My parents both turned 70 this past summer. My brother and I said, we got to do something special. And so we threw them a surprise birthday party. And we had all these couples that have kind of been friends with them over the years and influential in their life. And, and they were all standing outside the door. And they opened up the door and all they were. My parents both got emotional. And it was great. And we paid for the food and, and the whole festivities and the decorations. And halfway through the night, my mom comes up to me and says, well, you know, we can help pitch in and, and, and pay for a little bit. I said, absolutely not. No. The point is that we're doing this for you because we're honoring you. We didn't always agree, but we're honoring you because of who you are and and the impact that you've made in our lives. We've moved from duty to delight. And I will just tell you this, being a parent myself, and maybe some of you that are young parents with kiddos up here today, you've been hurt by your parents, so you've had some bad experiences, and there's a little bit of bitterness and resentment that still resides there. Give your parents some grace and think about how hard parenting is for you. And maybe, just maybe, you'll come to see they were doing the best they could with what they had, which includes being handed woundedness from their parents. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it right. Grace. Grace is good for the soul. Number three, how do we honor our parents? We provide for them. Scripture is very clear on this. It's not a secondary ministry. If you have aging parents and you are serving them and giving them, spending time with them, that is a high and noble calling. That is your number one ministry. Not any less important than any other ministry. Love them. Care for them. It's very, very important. You honor your parents when you care for your parents. And some of you are in that stage of life right now as well. And last but not least, how do you honor your parents? You be honest with them. Some of you are like, no, I'm not doing that. This was all fine and cute, Pastor John, but no, I'm not going there. (laughs) A word to those of you here today whose parents have hurt you deeply and you want nothing to do with the fourth commandment. Maybe that's relational hurt. Maybe that's physical abuse. Maybe that's emotional hurt or abuse. Sexual, spiritual hurt or abuse. If that's you, I am so sorry. That's not the way it was meant to be. That's not what parents, that's not what adults in our lives are meant to do. So what does God expect if that's the case? (laughs) He's not asking you to deny it today. He's not asking you to repress it. He's not asking you to shove it down. He's not asking you to excuse it or ignore it. God doesn't want you to fake it. He wants you to face it. Whatever that past hurt is today. Because here's the truth. (laughs) I've said it once and I'll say it again. You may be a product of your past, but you do not have to be a prisoner. You may be a product of your past, but you do not have to be a prisoner. You don't have to live enslaved to the past anymore. That is not who you are. And most likely, in a crowd, in a room like this, there are some of you that are carrying around a large amount of unfinished business. Some of you got some business, not business, business, right? Oh, that's just who I am. No, it's not. That's unfinished business that Jesus wants to have access to every single area of your life. And when it comes to things that hurt us and things that are painful and traumatic experiences in our life, we do one of two things, and they're both not biblical. Number one, we stuff it, or number two, we inflict it. And the reality is if we stuff it for long enough, we inflict it on people. 
And chances are we're inflicting it on the people that know us and love us the best today. And it has nothing to do with them. And it has everything to do with the past. They don't deserve that unfinished business being tossed on them. Do the hard work. Let Jesus into your past. Open up your heart to him. Let him do what only he can do. There's a much better option. Instead of taking it out on somebody else, talk about it to God with others. If there's angerness, if there's bitterness, if you still have, there's something I got to prove. Let it go. Do you realize how much power you've given your parents if you're still enslaved by anger and bitterness and by the past? Some of you, your parents have been dead for 10, 15, 20 years and they're still controlling you from the grave. You're going to give them that much influence over your future. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I'm saying that in an opportunity kind of way. I'm saying that in an invitation kind of way. Today can be the day where you reverse the cycle and you don't have to throw on unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and anger onto the next generation. You can deal with it and you can bring it to the cross so that you don't have to carry it any longer and there is no unfinished business. Amen? Jesus can do that. Jesus can do that. He can reverse it. It takes courage to make peace with your parents. It takes courage. It's hard. Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 12. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, you are not in charge of how your parents react. You are not in charge of how your kids react. You are in charge of what you do in initiating that tough conversation that needs to happen. To go to counseling and say, my parents have been dead 10 or 15 years. But those memories and that trauma and that pain still controls me today. Talk about it. We can get you connected with a good Christian counselor that will listen, that will help you walk through that process of healing. You honor your parents by being honest with your parents. Live at peace with everyone. Start that conversation. This is what I need to own. These are the things that I need to ask for forgiveness for and say, Mom, Dad, Uncle, Aunt, Grandpa, Grandma, whoever hurt you, I want a fresh start. I forgive you. Not because I'm forgetting it. Forgiveness doesn't mean you forget it. Forgiveness doesn't mean what happened to me was okay. Forgiveness means I'm letting go of the need to get even. Jesus, I'm inviting you to break those chains so I don't have to carry them any longer. I'm going to let go. I'm going to stop the cycle. What baton are you going to pass to the next generation? Burden or blessing? Today, it ends with me today. It ends by coming to Jesus and inviting him into those most delicate, sensitive parts of my life. Here's the thing. Only God knows how much you've been hurt, and only God has the power to heal that hurt. Just sit on that for a second. Nobody may know. You may have this secret that you've stuffed down for so long. Time to unearth that and let Jesus heal that. Only God has the power through the cross, through his death and resurrection, to bring life to dead places. Even the most unlikely places where God tries to get your attention. So I uh, mentioned that our family spent some time at Disney, and I'll, I'll close here. I could preach a whole sermon series about Disneyland. Let's just say out of the four people in our family, two of which are below the age of nine, I want you to guess out of the four of us which one can't stand roller coasters and which three were on roller coasters all day. This one can't stand roller coasters. This one sat and watched and took pictures. And I could talk to you about roller coasters and theme parks, amusement parks, fun, all of that. Five minutes into Disneyland, I walk in and I see this statue of Walt Disney himself and Mickey. 
And underneath, there is a tiny little plaque with a quote from Walt Disney that says this. I think most of all, what I want Disneyland to be is a happy place where parents and children can have fun together. And this grown man, five minutes into Disneyland, lost it. (laughs) Tiffany's like, what is going on? I'm like, I don't know. Just overcome with the magic of the kingdom. I lost it, number one, because it's been a long time since my kids have gotten my undivided attention. And that's a gift. And number two, I lost it because chances are Walt Disney himself never got to experience that quote. If you know anything about his background, he may not have experienced that. There's a film that came out several years ago called Saving Mr. Banks, and it's kind of the story behind Mary Poppins, one of the Disney classics, and it turns out that the author of Mary Poppins, the book before the movie, P.L. Travers, also had a broken relationship with her alcoholic father, as did Walt Disney. Mary Poppins almost didn't happen, and it wasn't because of budget cuts. It almost didn't happen because she couldn't get over her past. She had a hard time honoring her father, but little did she know that Walt's story is very similar Take a look at this final clip as Walt confronts her. P.L. Travers, the author of Mary Poppins, tells a bit of his own story and that forgiveness is available. Take a look. For Mary Poppins, it wasn't the children she came to see. It was their father. Parents... Moms, dads, men, women, adults. It's not the children that you came to see today. It's not about them. God says, it's about you today. It's about your heart. That was awesome, and they're cute. But God says, I want to set you free today. Aren't you tired of living a life that's dictated by the past? Aren't you tired of the unfinished business? Isn't it time to finish the story and rewrite a new story today and start living a life of honor and start being a part of a church family that's developing a culture of honor where we speak life and freedom and joy and blessing over each other? Isn't it time to rewrite the story? Isn't it time to finish the story, to have it be new and fresh and set free? Aren't you tired And if you're tired today and the past is weighting you down, Jesus wants to set you free from that. And we're not just going to talk about it today, we're going to do something about it. And so we're going to do something together. If you would, stand up wherever you are. If you're in the room, if you're online, stand up with the people that you're worshiping with this morning. And we're going to do something. We're going to speak words of honor and blessing over each other. So what I encourage you to do is find somebody next to you right now, whether you know them or not. Could be your family, could be your spouse, could be your children, could be a complete stranger. Just look at them right now and say, we're going to do this. Tell them that right now. We're going to do this. Okay? Now, turn to that person again and say, don't be too cool. Tell them that right now. Don't be too cool. Okay? We're all doing this. Okay? If you have to turn around, turn around. I don't want anybody to be by themselves. Just just move around. That's fine. Find somebody. We're going to speak some words of life and blessing over each other. So look at them right now. Look at them in the eyes. Look at them awkwardly. I know it's awkward, but we're all in this together, okay? Even if you're online, we're doing this together, all right? Just look at them 
And while you're looking at him in the eyes, I want you to say it like you mean it. And I want you to speak this blessing over them. This is who we are as a church. This is what we do. We're going to do it one at a time and then we'll switch. Okay? Spouses especially. You're not off the hook. You're in this too. Okay? First person go. Ready? You are God's masterpiece. Tell them. You are made for a purpose. I honor you. I bless you. It is no accident you're here. In Jesus' name, amen. Now flip it. Now flip it. If you listen, now you're the speaker. Now flip it, all right? You are God's masterpiece. You were made for a purpose. I honor you. I bless you. It is no accident that you're here. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's make that the norm, everybody. Let's make that the norm. You can do that all the time. Amen. You can do that all the time. We're not just going to talk about it. We're going to sing it. The worship team's going to lead us in this final song. And when we sing this song about the blessing of God, think about your kids. Think about your parents, even those that have gone before you. Today, you can reverse the cycle. You can rewrite the story through the power of Jesus Christ. Let's worship. Let's pray this blessing together. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope.elam.org.